All right, let's get started by stating your name and what the name of your project is and what part of it you kind of play. Yeah, sure. My uh, my name is Dave Evans. I am creative director at Falling Squirrel Games, and uh, we're making a game called The Veil, and it's an audio-based game to try to give people a novel experience of playing in mostly audio with spatial sounds that so hear things all around you, and it's a game that is um, uh, meant to be accessible for the visually impaired community, but also a novel experience for sighted people who like action adventure, medieval settings, and a lot of noisy medieval combat with uh, armor and swords and stuff. Yeah. And I was just playing, and it's it's very clear that you guys have put in a lot of thought into, like, timing and the type of armor that characters are wearing, and it just all makes sense. Like, I knew exactly that the Raiders had, like, a leather kit with maybe some chain mail, and then the, the shield feels kind of weighty. Everything clinks together. So how did this idea kind of come about? Well, initially, I, I worked uh, in AAA, where I did cinemas, and uh, I, I was always um, sort of disappointed in the amount of work that would go into a cinema in a siloed scenario where it wouldn't be part of the gameplay. So when I moved into the indie space, I, I've really wanted to, to dedicate the narrative crafting, I guess I do, to putting as much of the narrative into the gameplay. So to sort of figure that out and, and make games I thought I could, could afford to make, I thought, oh, you know what, I'll make a, an audio game. When I was doing cinemas, I did a lot of voice recording. I have a lot of actor friends. So I thought, you know what, I, I could make that sound pretty good. And uh, uh, and then I, as I started to make or, or think about making an audio game, I realized that there was uh, a group of people, the uh, visually impaired community, where this would be uh, an opportunity to have a, an accessible game experience, uh, hopefully on a level a little bit higher than a lot of the audio games out there. So I started seeing an opportunity to help a group or at least provide something for a group at the same time, figuring out what I want to do with, with narrative in an inexpensive way. Yeah. What platforms were you planning on launching on? Uh, it's a PC game uh, to start for to, for launch. Um, we're going to be on uh, Steam, and uh, Steam's not as accessible. It's not very accessible at all, actually. I got a lot of feedback from the visually impaired community, so that's mostly for um, uh, indie, uh, the sighted indie community. Um, but we're going to be on itch.io because uh, apparently the platform's quite good for accessibility. So uh, those are the two distribution portals we're going for. I'm just personally kind of blown away by the whole project because, again, I worked in radio. I don't even know what else to ask you. It's just so interesting to me. Where can people kind of like interact with your community? Like what sort of avenues are you using and how has the community helped like shape what the game currently is? That's a good question. Um, we, uh, right away, we reached out to the game community in two different major places. The CNIB is uh, in Canada. It's the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. And we actually had in, in-person focus testing sessions where we brought the community in. We learned a lot about the community. We realized that it's quite diverse, which shouldn't have been surprising, but there's a, a lot of different ages and a lot of different uh, experiences with games. So we ended up deciding we'd have to make a game that had uh, appeal and uh, well, I guess the ability to play it, to, to get through combat, make it feel fun and visceral, and and really get to the story beats and the narrative choice, which um, drives a lot of the adventure sort of gamers. But at the same time, we had this group in that community that were very dedicated to playing very difficult games, Dark Souls-esque sort of games. And we made sure that we had very uh, robust, robust combat that could lead to, for a lot of um, lead to a lot of complexity in the combat. So that was the, sort of the first thing um, in terms of interacting with that community we learned. And then the other place is a, a site um, called uh, audiogames.net. Um, and that's a site that uh, is mostly for uh, the, the visually impaired community to come together and and uh, share information about audio games. And uh, again, we weren't sure how 
active the site was. And then I think one of our first posts, we immediately got responses and realized, oh, wow, there's people out there paying attention to this and caring about this game. So those are the two spots for the, the visually impaired community. And then we have um, on our website, we have like a mailing list. And essentially, we're at uh, fallingsquirrel.com on the Veil page. We have a, a mailing list and we're basically putting out announcements uh, about uh, demos because we're putting out demos to the community because this game has been driven by community feedback and that includes the sighted and the uh, the um, non-sighted community. And so we're going to continue to do that until launch. So we, we actually have plans of putting out the demo we've brought here to PAX, putting it out there to get, get feedback um, from the community. I take in a lot of my audio content. I listen to a lot of narrative podcasts, gaming podcasts, you know, whatever happens. Because I'm an accountant, so a lot of my work is just very monotonous. And so I'll throw on some podcasts. Uh, is there any sort of, like, inkling of putting that on, like, mobile devices? I'm, that seems like it would be really appealing to me, but I don't know logistically how you do it. Yeah, I mean, one of the nice things about games that are driven by this type of content is that you can move it around a lot. I mean, one thing I always think of is, you know, what if the team that made The Witcher... With all that content, the music and the voiceover, they were able to deliver it in a slightly different way so that it would make it accessible. Yeah. Well, we have the, the raw material, the raw the pieces of the story. So you could, for example, put this game on a on a um, like a Google Home or something, and it could be you could make it could be all about just making choices for the character because that's a, a big part of the narrative is making narrative choices for the characters they move through the story. Um, and then, so the, one of the things I've been thinking of is is that this game uh, could be just narrative delivery and choice. It could also port, uh, not really port, uh, there could be another version of the game that's VR-based um, because it would be a very intuitive way to control the combat and you'd be able to move your head around and hear where, where enemies are. And then mobile was the question you asked is, I think that's another obvious place to go, especially for the, the portability and the idea that I could sit in bed and close my eyes and, and play a video game and not be on a screen right before you go to bed. Uh, and I think there's been a lot of people that have expressed an interest in that. Do you have any other closing thoughts that you want to leave with uh, the Forever Classic or the Mariners Rock uh, community i mean not like you know what those folks are like but is there any like closing thoughts yeah um i, I guess in closing i would say that um like i think this is a, a first step to figuring out ways of of uh, bringing uh, having audio-based gameplay be compelling and as satisfying as um uh, visual gameplay and one thing i will say about this this gameplay and i I'm, i hope that you experience this too is that it's incredibly intimate so there is a novelty to it beyond just oh i'm playing without visuals it's I'm playing in a way that enemies feel closer. Cinematic scenes where people are moving around and talking to me feel more intimate. And I think there's value to that. And the ultimate goal we sort of have is to create more games like this that, that people like for their novelty, but also going back to my roots, which is visual games, and uh, making sure there's accessibility modes so that we can have games where the sighted and visually impaired communities, potentially the deaf community, could be playing games together yeah. because all those different things come together in a way where uh, everybody can interact with the game in, in the way that they're able to. Yeah.